0: Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives, and it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you again, John, and welcome everyone to Good News. I am Deacon Al here at Catholic Spirit Radio. We're going to spend about 30 minutes with you this evening, as we do each weekend, And uh, again, we thank you for being here. You know, if you have any questions, we're going to talk about our Catholic faith, and we're going to talk about the scriptural readings and gospel readings uh, from this weekend's Mass and try and open them up a little bit. And if you have questions about the Catholic faith or Christianity in general, uh, what we believe, why we believe, what we do, what we do, uh, what we care about, what we don't care about— I'd be very interested in hearing from you. You can send your questions to me at our email address here at Catholic Spirit Radio, and that is goodnews at org. And if you would be so kind as to send in your questions or your comments, I would be glad to address them here on the program as we meet on Saturday and Sunday evenings. It's been a while since we've talked uh, I know it, for you it feels like a week, for me it feels like longer. The, uh, the winter weather kept us out of the studio uh, during our regular recording date, and uh, so we're a little bit behind, so I apologize for that. But uh, sometimes uh, God's plan gets in the way of our human plans, and he planned for a bit of a snowstorm, didn't he? So I, I had a friend uh, contacted me. He, uh, he was over three and a half hours of shoveling, out in his driveway. His snowblower broke, so he had to shovel. I mean, that was a lot of snow. That was a lot of snow. Shoveled his driveway out by hand, and he's out in the country. And I uh, I, I told him to take a more uh, scriptural view of this. My grandfather, I never saw my grandfather shovel or rake. Uh, he He took a Catholic view towards it. He said, you know, God put it there. God will move it when he's done with it. So... <laughs> he was he was just fine if there was too much snow to go anywhere he just didn't go anywhere he didn't worry about it uh if if the uh, leaves fell well eventually they either blow away or disintegrate uh into the ground you know uh, degrade into the soil which is good for his plants and his yard so he never worried about raking and he never worried about shoveling and uh, i i think uh i'm approaching that time in my life where i i agree with grandpa I think it a lot of good sense to him. So, when it snows that bad, uh, we we just we we let God do His thing, and and we get back into our plan once uh, once God's through with His. So, uh, be sure and write us. I I would love to hear your questions. I got into a great conversation uh, last night with my eighth graders, and uh, we started talking about why are we here? Why is anything here? Why you know why does anything exist, and that's a great question, and that's a that's a question that man has wondered about for centuries. And for me, that's one of the things that proves to me there's a there's a God, there's there's a, a creator with a plan for us, because no other animal considers this. I'm sure giraffes don't stand around and say, "Well, why do you suppose we have such long necks? What's this all about? Uh, you know, animals don't think about why are we here? Where did we come from? But that's a question that we wrestle with not only personally, but through uh, uh, philosophy, through the study of philosophy, through the study of science. Everything, everything about science is trying to answer. Questions that people that people come up with, you know, why do, why does this behave like this? Why does this exist? How does this interact with that? Uh, so science is constantly looking at that, and so con- science is also constantly looking not for God but at God, at what was created, and trying to figure out how it was created. But what science can't do is look at who created it. Now think about that, and I think this is worthy of discussion because scientists can look at what has been created, can measure it, can run experiments on it, can can observe it, but you can't do that with God. You can't, right now, you can't look and, and examine an experiment on Picasso, but you can look at Picasso's work and learn about the man. You can, you can figure things out about him and how he saw things and why he did things by looking at his works. That's what science does with God. Can't look at God directly, can't experiment on God directly, but can do those things with God's work. And by learning more about the work, you learn more about the artist. But that doesn't really explain why we're here. It explains how we study why we're here, but how did we get here and why did we get here? And those are great questions. And I was, I was really excited to, to talk to eighth graders about that. And they got into the question because some of them, I, I have one eighth grader who actually is studying um, uh, physics. Brilliant young lady, just a brilliant young lady. And she started talking about some of the things that, that physics has discovered and that science knows how everything began. And that's, I'll go with that. You know, the Big Bang theory, sure, I can go with that. But it doesn't say who began it. It just says how it was done, not who did it. And there had to be a cause. Everything has a cause. So at some point, you have a cause that didn't have to be caused, what they call the uncaused cause. And this, again, these are, these are, uh, Things that philosophy has been studying and and considering for centuries. So that uncaused cause had to have a purpose, had to have a reason, had to have an intellect, had to be simple so that it didn't age, so that it couldn't break down. You know, there's knowing that there's an uncaused cause, you have to think about what would it take to exist as that uncaused cause. And and that really the, the best answer to that. Is God, is, is is this this spiritual creator, this intelligent designer, because there there are no other explanations that that are logical, that are rational. So one of my one of my students, and I thought very wisely, said, "Well, what if it was always here? What if the universe just always existed? If God could always exist, why couldn't the universe?" always existed and i think it's a great question and science was kind enough to supply the answer so we turned to google because everything google knows everything and if it's on google if it's on the internet you know it must be true i mean i just i saw a quote the other day that said if it's on the internet It must be true, and it was signed by Abraham Lincoln. So so we turned to the internet and asked the question, how old is the universe? And do you know what? There's an answer. Science, and I love the fact that it said this, scientists, this was the first, the opening sentence, scientists have determined that the universe is about point I'm sorry, 33.8 million years old. 33.8 million years old. Great. I think that's wonderful that science can determine that. You know why? Because it means that about 34 million years ago, there was nothing. If the universe has age, That means that at some point, it began, because that's when we start counting the age at the moment of creation. If if you're 14 years old, that means that 15 years ago, you didn't exist. So, whatever the age, and I may have gotten that wrong, it may have been 33.8 billion years ago, whatever the age they've given the universe, I think it was billion, whatever age they've given it means that prior to that age, it wasn't there. Then it Then it existed and then the, then the age counting started, right? So science is saying it wasn't always here. At one point, there was no universe. So what created it? How did it come into being? If it wasn't and you can't make something out of nothing at some point, something caused something and then made that something create. Beyond itself. So that, that always existing cause, that uncaused cause, uh, we call God. And we know that it had certain characteristics the ability to create, the ability to move, the ability to think, uh, the ability to not wear out or die. Because everything that has age dies. And I did find out there's one thing. One thing we know of in our in our natural world that doesn't age. Have you ever heard this, John? It took me a long time to find this. Electrons don't age. Ooh, An electron never decays. <clears throat> it's the only thing science has been able to point to to say doesn't age, doesn't decay. But what they also know is has to be created. It doesn't it just doesn't exists. Something has to create the electron. Now, a lot of uh, a lot of physicists believe that that happened in the Big Bang, that the Big Bang created all the energy and all the matter that exists in the universe all came into creation at one moment. Cool. I'm good with that. If you want to say all electrons are the same age as the universe and the universe has age, we still come to the same thing then okay at some point it didn't exist and at some point it did what caused that something that already existed and didn't have to be caused to exist had to cause everything else we call that god and and ever since we've we've come to that summary that conclusion we've started to find out how do we contact that how do we come into communication into communion with that cause and that's what faith is. that's what religion is all about is coming into communion with that that original cause of everything and i just i think that's a that's an ongoing conversation that can take place it's a fascinating one and if you have a comment about that or a question about that please write us at uh Good news at catholicspiritradio.com, and the conversation uh, can continue. But we had—it was a great, great conversation, and I am always so impressed with how bright uh, many of today's young people are. Um, I also get a little disappointed at, at, at schools. I love teachers, but I, I'm not crazy about education in that I'm not sure— I don't. I don't know if it's um, they can't get into some things, or they choose not to get into some things, or it's. I know it's hard getting students to to pay attention, but when we have, I have a student that says, "Well, my science teacher says that there is no God because of da 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 da, or science proves that there's no God. Science can't prove that. Um, wrong tool. Wrong tool." So, uh, if you want to talk about that, we'd, I'd love to hear your comments or your questions at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Thank you again for being here. We're going to uh, look at the uh, readings from the Mass this weekend and talk about Scripture. So, our first reading is from the prophet Jeremiah. I, I always feel bad for Jeremiah. He, um, among all the prophets, and, and most of the prophets did not end life well. Most of them were were killed, and most of them were killed by the people they were trying to help, which is really uh, pretty obnoxious, actually, besides being uh, rather absurd. Um, And Jeremiah was probably beat up more than any other prophet. Um, Isaiah had a tendency, when things got uh, hot, to run for the hills and go hide in the caves. Jeremiah just seemed to kind of hang around and said, take your best shot, and they did, and this poor guy got beat up a lot. So Jeremiah writes, Thus says the Lord Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside waters. That stretches out its roots into the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. It leaves its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. The word of the Lord. So what Jeremiah is, is sharing with us is that there's there's an emptiness in our lives without God in it. Uh, it's a life that lacks purpose. Lacks support, and most of all, often lacks love. Uh, I meet a, I meet a lot of people uh, in in the course of my ministries who uh, have either no faith in God or who have lost their faith in God. And to a person, and they'll they'll deny it anonymously. I mean, if someone were to to contact me anonymously, they'll say, "Well, I'm an atheist, and I'm perfectly happy." But I'm telling you, the people I meet, the people <clears throat> I interact with, who have no faith or have lost faith, are are usually sad people, and they're usually angry people. They can't talk about God or of their lack of belief in God without being angry about it. So that, to me, shows there's this emotional attachment that is not only missing, but they're angry about not having it. Uh, it's, it's always shocked me. I mean, if I didn't believe, like, I don't, I don't like liver. I, I, my mother loves liver and onions. I can't, I don't even like the smell of liver. I haven't tried liver since I was a child. I have no interest in it. And that's where it stops. I just have no interest. If, if I'm with somebody and they want to order liver, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I'm not going to order it. Um, I was actually on the Phil Donahue show one time. I wasn't on the show. I was at the show. When Phil, If you remember Phil Donahue years ago when he had a talk show on TV, um, and he would take phone calls on his TV show. So there was always some poor schmo in the audience who happened to get the seat right next to the phone. And Phil would turn and say, would you push line six for me? And right, I was that schmo. I was that guy who just happened to get into the audience Um So we're standing in line to get in, and there's this big debate about, ooh, I wonder who it's going to be, because they don't tell you. When you buy the tickets, even when you show up, they do not tell you who's on the show. You don't find that out until you're in the studio and Donahue would make the introduction and the guests would come walking down the aisle. So we're thinking, well, at this point, he's dating Marlo Thomas. It was all over the news. Ah, Maybe it's Marlo Thomas. We'll get to meet Marlo Thomas. Maybe it's some other movie star. Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger is here, whoever. Or maybe it's some big national politician, because he usually had those on. So we get in, and we sit down, and I get seated at the phone, so I already know I'm part of the show. I'm pushing the buttons. The topic of the show was senior citizen homosexuals. Now... We waited in line a long time. I drove from Bloomington to Chicago, battled traffic, stood in line. You stand in line for three hours in the hallway. WGN TV studios, very small studios. If any of you have ever been like to Bozo Circus or anything, WGN is very small. We're standing in this narrow hallway for three hours. We get in and I'm hoping it's going to be some major personality. And it's a talk show about being a senior citizen homosexual. Now, to me, not that interested, just just not something I think about a lot, right? And so you sit through this hour show, and I push the buttons. And he, at the end of the show, Phil turns to me, and he says, so what would you think about today's show? We're still on the air. I can see the light on the camera what do you think? And I said, liver. And he said, what? I said, liver. Not interested in liver. Won't try liver. Don't talk about liver. Don't share liver with other people. Liver. <laughs> and he, oh, okay. Well, thanks for being with us today. And he signs off the air and we get done and he turns to me and he says, really? Liver? And I said, Liver that's it. I mean, they're just not interested. So uh, that's that's how I would expect people, I know, it's just a weird story. I live a weird life. That's how I would expect people who were atheists to respond about God, was just not interested. That's not how they respond. They are very emotional about it. They're very angry about it. And uh, they, if they they ask you for a discussion which I never turn down a good discussion, and I'm happy to discuss my faith, but they attack and they're mean, uh, and they're not always rational about it. I've met a couple that can speak rationally, but even even those people are still angry, and that's what Jeremiah is telling us: is that people who have who don't have God in their lives or have wandered away from their from God in their lives. It's like they're in a desert. They're lonely, and they're uncomfortable, and they're miserable people. But the people of faith that I know, and I know a number of people of of faith, again, through my ministries, are friendly and helpful and cheerful. Yeah, they're not perfect. I'm not saying they don't make mistakes, but they understand there's this, this entity in their life that loves them, and that is active in their lives, and so the, the loneliness and the emptiness that you sense from people who have, who have left God or have never discovered God, there's a distinct difference in that. And I've even met people of other faiths who are active in their faith, non-Christian faiths, who still have that characteristic of friendliness and peacefulness and love because god's in every religion even if they don't identify that god god's truth is is more written on our hearts than in books and even people of non-christian faith are in, in on a sincere journey to discover that entity that we talked about they might be on they might not be on the best path but they're still they're on the journey seeking the same goal they're trying to understand why we are here and why we are who we are and why we are so unique in the known universe. So, you have to give them credit for that, and I see these shared characteristics, which tells me that they've discovered to a point the same thing that that Christians have discovered, just in a different way. But the people who reject all of that, uh, I, I my heart really goes out to them, because these are not happy people. And and life isn't easy, but it's not sad. I mean, there's tremendous beauty around us. There's tremendous joy in this world despite the, the problems we have like Afghanistan and the Ukraine and the South China Sea. We have some humongous wounds in our world um, that I pray daily uh, God's wisdom and, and strength leads some people to much better decisions. We have some horrendous things going on, but imagine that's with the world, with God in it, imagine a world without God in it. If we didn't have the people who who felt the joy and saw the beauty and were kind and forgiving, if, if no one had that, think of the mess we'd be in. I don't think there's, there is isn't a single problem in the world that couldn't be solved if there was uh if we were more Christ-like, if everyone could be more Christ-like, uh, we, could, we could not only solve these issues, but we could avoid them completely. So we're going to move on to gospel because I've, I've talked so much, we're, we're running out of time already. That's hard to believe. Uh, the gospel's from Luke, and this is beautiful. This is one of the versions of the Beatitudes. There's a few different versions in the Bible from a different viewpoint of, of different authors. But this is the Beatitudes uh, in the Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood at a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven, for their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you, all who speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. So what, what I see Christ talking to this crowd about, and you have to think about the situation at the time and compare it to the situation at our time, you had two um, desperately different groups of people. You had the common people In the area who were very, very poor, uh, always seemingly near the point of starvation, uh, under the control of of a foreign power, the Romans. And then you had the very, very rich, the elite, who were not good at sharing their their abundance with those who had nothing. And Jesus is, is scolding the one group for not showing mercy and care and kindness to the other group and telling the other group i know it's hard for you now but understand there's a reward waiting for you that will solve all these issues for you be patient and and trust in god and then scolding the other group saying you've gotten the only reward you're going to get and it's temporary the wealth you have is that you have now that you have you've kept for yourself uh, to make your own life easy is temporary. Everything you have now, all the food you have that you didn't share, that's temporary. Uh, at some point, you're going to have to pay the price for all these extravagances uh, that you kept. So that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. I, I'm going to have to rush. I apologize. This is this half hour has gone really, really fast, but we'll come back to this because the Beatitudes is really at the core of of the Christian character, but just know that if you're in one if you're in one group or the other, you have one of two things waiting for you: um, great reward for what you uh, what you don't have now, and great reprisals great great reprisals for what you have now that you have kept to yourself and not shared with those in need. So uh, think about that the next time you uh, you get a request to. Uh, to help a charity or to help a neighbor who's in need. I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, I hope the snow goes away quickly. I hope COVID goes away even faster. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week here on Good News. God bless, and have a wonderful week. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.